Okay, we are on Daf Chafei Amabes. Um, on Friday, we had a, a question about if a daughter can maintain the ancestral status for a uh, <coughs> for the if a daughter um, redeems the fields, does she maintain the ancestral status for her father? Today, we're going to ask a question about a wife. If a wife has an ancestral field and she consecrates it to Hagdish, who can maintain the ancestral status for her? Meaning, if she doesn't have the ability to redeem it, are there any um, familiar relatives that are close enough to maintain that ancestral status? Now, before we get to that, I want to get to three <coughs> quick introductions. Introductions <coughs> number one and two <coughs> are as follows. There are different types of assets <coughs> that a woman could bring into a marriage. There's what Chazal called Nichsei Melug, is one. And a second type is called Nichsei Tzayin Barzel. These are discussed in great detail in Ksubis and in Kedushin, primarily in Ksubis. Um, and let's um, just briefly give a little introduction to them. You have Nichsei Melug, which means assets that the woman brings in, the principal remains hers, and the husband eats the dividends. And in Gemara terminology, it is the Karen belongs to her, and the Baal, the husband, eats the Paris, as long as they're married. So when the marriage is over, for whatever reason, she gets the principal, whatever the principal's valued at, at the time that the marriage is over. Then you have something called Nichseit Saint Barzel, which is another type of asset that she brings into the marriage. The husband accepts on himself the responsibility of these assets, of the principal, which, and it's written in the Ksuba, which means that if this asset, when she walks in, is worth half a million dollars, when she leaves the marriage, the husband has to give her that asset at that half a million dollar value, regardless if it went up or went down in value. So the husband is taking the, uh, a, a risk, he's taking responsibility to repay the principal whatever it was valued at in the Ksuba. And that's called Nechzeit Saint Barzal. Last introduction here is there are two types of assets when it comes to inheritance. There's something called Ro'i, which we translate as prospective assets, which for example of that would be if someone owes the deceased, if someone owes the deceased a debt. So if the deceased has money coming to him, but he doesn't have it yet, that's called ro'i, prospective assets. And then you have something called a muhsik. Muhsik means assets that he's owned assets, that he has or he or she has at the time of death. With these introductions, let's see the Gemara. I'm sorry, wrong one. Boy Reb Zera asks Reb Zera a question. Isha, a lady, mi ma'amid la sadeh. Who can maintain for her field ancestral status? Again, if she doesn't have the ability to redeem it herself. Do we say the husband can redeem it and maintain its ancestral status? Shekin Yarsha, because the husband is the closest person to inherit his wife. And we see that means that the their familiar relationship is so close, therefore the husband can redeem it. <coughs> ben or does the son maintain it? <coughs> because Shekin The son, when he inherits his mother, when there's no father around, the son gets Yerusha from the prospective assets 
as well as the muhsik, the owned assets. So therefore the son's familiar relationship is even closer than the father because the, the, the husband, I'm sorry, the husband only gets um, Yerusha from the owned assets, not the prospective assets. So therefore the Gemara is a suffix and the Gemara leaves it as teku. Rami Barchama Rami Barchama asks a question from Chizda. It's a different question over here. Higdisha, if someone consecrates a field, Pachais Mishte Shanam, within two years, Lefnei Yevil, before Yevil, Mahu If no one redeems it and Yevil comes, does that field go to the Kahanim? Amar So Rav Chizda says to Rami Barchama, My Daitcha, what's your reasoning? Meaning, what's your suffix here? Is it because the Pasuk in the Torah says, Vinigra um, me'erkecha, Vinigra you will subtract me'erkecha from its value, and the next Pasuk, next to it says, V'haya hasada, the field will be, when Yevil comes, if no one redeems it, it goes to the Kehanim. So therefore, you're going to make a juxtaposition, and you're going to say, let's learn, the a field that goes subtracting the value from its redemption. In that field, if no one redeems it, it goes to the Kohanim. The lav and if you don't subtract from its value, meaning you consecrated the field within two years of Yevil, loy, then <clears throat> it doesn't go to the Kohanim if no one redeems it. Is that the Svara? Meaning that's what Rav Chizda says. Is that your suffix? I could tell you just the opposite. You have two more psukim in the same parsha to Darshan. It says, If you don't redeem the field, one pasuk. Next pasuk is, pasuk says, The field will be When Yevil comes, it goes to the Kayanim. So therefore I can make a, a drush as follows. This field also, I could redeem it. The redemption is a lot of money, but it's a redeemable field. So therefore, since it's redeemable and you didn't redeem it, it goes to the Kehanim. So basically, it seems to me what Rafchis is saying is, <clears throat> I hear why not, but I hear why yeah. So I don't know if the Gemara at the end of the day is leaving with a suffix, a teku, or what. But this is the Gemara, this is what we did today. Hope you could it, and we'll see you later.